Welcome to Good Guy Grant's podcast. It's mad decent. And this is the Good Guy Grant podcast. I'm your host, Grant. Coming up on today's show, we're going to finish off what we were talking about at the end of the last episode, talk a little boxing to start. want to talk a little NBA, a little Major League Baseball in there, get a little sports uh, going, maybe talk a little college football, we'll see. First thing I want to talk about is the sport of boxing. For people that don't know me, I watch a lot of boxing. Uh, right now, boxing has Tuesday and Thursday night boxing going on for top rank. Um, if people don't know what Tom Break is, it's actually owned by Bob Arum, who actually is the promoter for Manny Pacquiao and a lot more big time fighters. Shakur Stevenson, one of the top prospects, uh, Jared Anderson, a uh, big heavyweight. He also manages, uh, is being managed, excuse me, by promoter Bob Arum and Top Rank. So ever since the coronavirus has started, the only sports that have been really going on are Korean baseball, UFC, uh, another sport that's happening right now. For people that don't know, golf is happening, uh, a little bit of tennis. Uh, but boxing has been going strong. Uh, you'll usually see a fight card Tuesday night on ESPN, also Thursday night on ESPN. Every once in a while, they'll have a Saturday night fight. Uh, yesterday, uh, for people that don't know, uh, Carlos Takam uh, defeated Jerry Forrest in the heavyweight division. Uh, for people that don't know Carlos Takam, he's actually fought on a couple big-time cards. He's actually fought heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua in the past. Uh, he's fought um, uh, a couple other big-name fighters as well, for people that don't know. Uh, he's a 39-year-old heavyweight. Uh, he's pretty much a journeyman now just based off his age and his record. Uh, he was able to beat Jerry Forrest who's kind of a mid-major heavyweight for people who don't know him. Now, originally it was supposed to be uh, Big Baby Miller taking on Jerry Forrest, but Big Baby Miller tested positive again for PEDs and steroids. Uh, so boxing basically said, no, you're not fighting, and Carlos Takam took it on short notice and ended up actually beating Jerry Forrest uh, with a decision after 12 rounds, which was a really good fight, I thought. I thought uh, Takam was very active at the beginning of the fight. Jerry Forrest, who was supposed to be uh, a little bit better than people thought. I didn't think he had a very good fight. Uh, one of the things I love about boxing is just uh, the different fights that you get each and every week. Um, and just the different perspective. Um, you know, With uh, Tuesday and Thursday nights, you have a lot of people talking like Andre Ward, Timothy Bradley. Of course, Joe Testator is the main host. And then, of course, you have Mark Kriegel. Uh, the boxing analyst from ESPN talking as well. So you get a little bit of uh, everybody's different perspective on each fight as it's going on, which is good. Of course, they are doing the social distancing as the fights are going on in Vegas. Um, they have just one reporter actually inside the bubble um, right now for boxing. For uh, people who don't know boxing, uh, test all the fighters uh, three times before they're able to step in the ring to make sure there's no positive test. Uh, they've had a couple of fights actually get postponed due to COVID testing, but overall it's been pretty successful. Um, the big name that people recognize uh, in top rank and during the COVID testing that's fought, is, of course, is Shakur Stevenson, uh, one of the top prospects coming up. Uh, he ended up actually fighting on the first card for top rank uh, when COVID started. He got a big-time victory. I uh, hope to see him in the ring soon. Uh, for people who don't know, I'm one of those people that prefers boxing over UFC, I've watched boxing for so many years. 
uh, favorite boxer uh, currently, uh, Deontay Wilder, who's a heavyweight, uh, lost to Tyson Fury in his last fight. Um, Mir Khan fan as well. I think Ryan Garcia is the top prospect and overall is going to be one of the best fighters. He's actually on Golden Boy, which is owned by Oscar De La Hoya. And right now, actually, Ryan Garcia is actually trying to get out of Golden Boy because of the dispute with Oscar De La Hoya because De La Hoya is not giving him the big-time fights that Ryan Garcia thinks he deserves. So it's going to be interesting to see that. But when people look at viewing and people say boxing is a dead sport and everything, on Tuesday and Thursday nights for boxing, and this is not your typical top fighters that are fighting, your Terrence Crawford, your Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, any of those fighters. This is usually up-and-coming prospects that are fighting or it's the middle-of-the-road kind of guys that are fighting. Um, you know, Shakur Stevenson, like I said, is one of the top prospects he's fought. But boxing is able to draw on a Tuesday or Thursday night between 350 and 400,000 views on a Tuesday or Thursday night. That's pretty good considering you don't have the big-time boxers fighting on those Tuesday or Thursday nights. Uh, it's allowing the exposure for the younger fighters to get, uh, to be able to actually get the experience also in the ring, which is good for them. Um, but in terms of, you know, me watching boxing, I've, I've watched it for so many years. I love it. I was a big Miguel Cotto fan growing up. Um, I enjoy, I'm not really a Mayweather fan, but I enjoy watching the box because I think defensively he's one of the best defensive boxers of all time. Of course, he was undefeated. Um, and there was talks he's thinking about doing another exhibition. So we'll have to see what that's going to happen. He'll probably do that over in Japan. Uh, but the reason I bring this up is boxing as multiple promoters, you have your, um, like I mentioned, Bob Arum, you have Oscar De La Hoya, you have Al Heyman, who's a PBC guy. Um, you have multiple promoters. Frank Warren's another one to watch out. He does a lot of British boxing. Uh, but the good thing about that is boxing is not ran by just one person like UFC is. UFC is ran by Dana White, who pays all his fighters crap money. That's why John Jones doesn't want to fight anymore. Um, and basically says, Hey fighters, we're going to pay you a little amount of money, but I'm going to pocket the rest. Now, Dana White came out recently, recently and said, he was asked a question by a reporter that basically was asked, you know, Dana, why are you not paying your fighters as much as you were previous? And he brought up the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, but then you know what Dana White does? And if I was a UFC fighter, I would actually be very upset by this. So you're underpaying your fighters to start. But then you go and buy this fight island that he calls it, which is like a UFC ring over in Abu Dhabi, and basically says, come on over and fight over here. Um, we're going to charge pay-per-view for all these fights and everything. Um, but his excuse was, I can't pay my fighters what they're making before because of the pandemic. But Dana White, you just bought an entire new ring over in a different country where you're going to be charging people, you know, $65, $75 a pay-per-view for each viewing, that's per TV, to be able to watch UFC. That is wrong, what Dana White is doing. Dana White is so full of crap when he says that we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, that's why we can't pay as much. Then don't go out there and spend tens of millions of dollars over in Abu Dhabi for a fight. Basically say, hey, come over here and fight. And you'll be okay and you'll get a little bit more money. That's not true. What Dana White is basically doing is being a communist in terms of that. 
He's holding all the cards. He's dictating exactly what everybody makes. He controls everything in UFC. He doesn't want to listen to anybody but Dana White. And basically is like, I run this show. I want to do whatever I want. Now, boxing, uh, people can criticize it, saying we haven't got the fights we necessarily wanted at the right time. You know, it took a couple years to get the Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather fight put together. Ultimately, Mayweather won that fight, of course. Um, you know, both of them made over $100 million, so it's pretty profitable. A lot more profitable in one fight than a lot of UFC guys make an entire career. But the thing about boxing is you have so many young prospects that come out of nowhere. You know, they fight in the Olympics. They fight, you know, in the, you know, different uh, boxing organizations to kind of move their way up, to kind of work their way up to get the exposure. So that way somebody like Bob Arum or Al Heyman notices them and, and signs them to their brand, their promotional company. What boxing does is it allows you to grow up, you know, in the amateurs, in the Olympics, work your way up, get the necessary training to be able to actually do really well, have a successful boxing career. Then it's up to the boxers to determine how much money they're going to make in terms of, are you going to be able to sell a fight with the way you perform? Are you going to win? Are you going to be able to draw fans? But one boxing fight, for instance, yeah, Ryan Garcia is a young prospect coming up. He's on Golden Boy. Actually recently turned down a $250,000 fight against Linares. Uh, basically said he wants more money um, because he deserves it. He has over a million views or followers actually on Instagram. He brings popularity to the sport, to his fights. Um, he's undefeated fighter. But that's the platform Ryan Garcia set up for himself to make even more money in the likes of you know, he can make tens of millions of maybe even 50 to $100 million in his career in boxing. That's the difference between boxing and UFC. Most UFC fighters, if you're really good, like your Conor McGregor, your John Jones, you'll make 10, 12, 15 million dollars for your career in UFC. Remember this though Conor McGregor made over $100 million in one fight in boxing. Against Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather, of course, won. Both the guys got a ton of money. But the fact that Conor McGregor could make more money in boxing than he made in, his, in one fight than he made in his entire career in UFC just shows that boxing is not dead for one. People care more about boxing in terms of putting actual money into watching it, going to the fights, and actually enjoying it. And then also in boxing is... It's more you can coach your fighters a little bit better. You're teaching them. Uh, it's more in terms of uh, technique in boxing than it is UFC. UFC, there's a lot of grappling, a lot of ridiculous chokeholds, all that extra crap that I don't like for UFC. Boxing, you stand up, you punch, you want to knock the guy out, or at least make it to the 12th round, finish the round to the point to where the judges give you a victory. Um, but ultimately, I, I support boxing over UFC. I've always have, always will. Um, I like the where boxing's going in terms of the young prospects uh, with Ryan Garcia, Shakur Stevenson, um, Tim uh, Big Baby Anderson's a big heavyweight coming up. You got Daniel Dubois out of uh, England, who's really good. Uh, he's signed on to um, promotion for um, with Angie Joshua over there as well. 
Um, so it's good. It's boxing's in a good, I would say, is in a good area right now in terms of being able to grow. Uh, the fact that they're able to do fights Tuesday, Thursday nights, sometimes Saturday nights is really good. Um, as the year comes along, we're going to have even bigger fighters coming. Uh, they're trying to set up a fight right now for Canelo Alvarez, which will be really good. He's the one of the top uh, middleweights, that light heavyweight boxers. Uh, he beat Kovalev um, in his last fight. You know, the dude grosses over $40 million a fight uh, on DAZN, for people that don't know. He's a big-time celebrity in Mexico, uh, but also in the United States. You know, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury are going to fight for the third time in December. That'll be really good. I'm excited for that. Got Terrence Crawford set to fight this year as well. So boxing has a lot of big fights coming up, which I'm excited for. And I think as boxing fans will be excited for as well, because you're going to see a lot of big time fights coming up. Now I want to switch gears a little bit. Talk a little. I want to talk a little baseball. And the reason I'm talking baseball is the fact that they're doing a lot more testing now. A lot of some of the players come back positive. I think it's about a three percent to two percent ratio for uh, positive tests coming back compared to total tests in general. They're testing the players. They're to, they're testing the coaches. They're testing the staff that's around them um, each time. But the thing with Major League Baseball that people don't seem to get, and these are players that don't get it. You have some players that do. Like for instance, Mike Trout. I could see him sitting out the 60-game season. His wife is pregnant, due pretty much any time. Uh, you, you know, with a newborn on the way, you don't want to jeopardize getting COVID and basically bringing that home to your family. But the thing with Mike Trout is he's being safe. He's being cautious, taking all the necessary steps to be able to uh, not get it for his family, which is beneficial. And then you have guys in other teams for instance for people that don't know uh the cleveland indians had a player over july 4th weekend who went to a party basically um for people that know it's a uh, friend mill reyes he's an outfielder he actually went to a big huge party over july 4th weekend uh jeopardizing not only the people at that party in case somebody did have was positive for a covid test but then he goes back to the clubhouse and is around his teammates and he could have jeopardized them, but the Indians did a great job of basically saying, Hey, stay away. If you're going to do something like that, we don't want you around our players to where you can possibly give them a test. And what they're doing is they're testing Remo Reyes uh, for COVID to make sure he doesn't get it before he's even allowed to join the team again, which is smart by the Indians. Um, it's interesting to see, how dumb some major league baseball players are taking this and how smart some of them are. There's players sitting out for various reasons, whether it's, you know, you don't feel comfortable with the 60 game season to where you'll, you'll think you have a big time year. Some players sitting out cause they're in a contract year, like pitcher Mike Leake. Um, some people are, are staying or not playing because of the fact that some of their family members have an autoimmune disorder or they have young children that they don't want to jeopardize in case they get it, which is understandable uh, for them. But the fact that you see somebody like Framo Reyes, who is not even guaranteed a roster spot for the Indians, going to a July 4th party, jeopardizing the people at the party and himself, as well as the possibility for the Indians clubhouse by doing something that dumb. And that just shows... 
baseball players, and it, it happens in other sports as well. It's not just baseball. But the fact that some people are still not taking this seriously after what has happened in the United States with all the deaths, all the positive tests, all what people's you know, sports shut down. And then Major League Baseball players all around were complaining that they want to play and they want to do this. And then Framo Reyes goes and does something dumb like that. I don't, I don't understand it. It happens. It happened in football as well. I remember seeing a story about Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott at a party during COVID, which was stupid as well. If you want to have a season, and this goes for any sport, do what your team is telling you to do. Go to work, whichever sport you're in, and go home. That's it. Now, for people like in the NBA or in MLS, uh, you know they're in a bubble, which is basically they go to practice. And then they go back to their hotel room, and then when it's time for the game, they go down. But in that bubble, they're getting tested as well regularly, which is good. Uh, Major League Baseball is doing it so poorly. I mean, it's so bad. Major League Baseball is making teams travel two games each and every week. So, you know, if you're playing the – if the Indians are playing the White Sox, they have to travel to Chicago, vice versa. If the Reds are playing the Indians, they have to go up there. So – Basically, what baseball is doing is putting their players at risk, making them travel, taking the risk to make sure the hotels that they're staying at are fully cleaned without any issues, and basically putting them in harm's way. Because, for instance, in baseball, if one player or two players test positive, you're going to have multiple players that are going to be testing positive because they're in the same plane, they're on the, they're in the same bus, you know, however they're traveling. Now, the smart thing Major League Baseball did is actually cancel the minor league season. We talked about that on a previous episode. But the fact that players are traveling, so you have to make sure your airports are clean, you have to make sure your planes are clean, hotels, everything is clean to the point to where you're not going to get anything. Uh, the cost of travel, uh, the cost of hotels, everything. So baseball, basically, it's already bad enough that they had to cut the season from 182 games to 60. Uh, because the baseball negotiation between the players and the owners couldn't come to a decision until late. But the fact that Major League Baseball, because they were so far behind the eight ball, made it to where the players are having to travel city to city to play is absolutely ridiculous. You're telling me you couldn't go to a like a, a destination that has you know two ballparks, things like that, you know, putting teams in hotels, taking over something and basically doing it. You couldn't go do what the NHL did and go to Canada, uh, which the NHL was smart. So what they basically did was they told all their teams the season's going to happen, but you're going to be playing in Canada, which is really smart. So all the uh, because the reason they, the NHL did that is because of how low the COVID positive tests have been in Canada. So the NHL did very good in terms of that. Major League Baseball for a sport that's losing $73 million a day for every day they don't play. For Rob Manfred to be this horrible commissioner and some of the owners are bad as well. And basically come up with this plan. To where, and this is just outrageous. Because like I said before, the NBA has a bubble. They're down in Florida. MLS has a bubble. They're down in Florida as well. They're basically quarantining themselves away from people. Uh, they're not allowed to see their family, anything like that. Major League Baseball is basically saying, hey, go travel and play your games in different cities, things like that. And then 
go home to your family after that. So if you are a baseball player and you get a test, a positive test, you don't know about it, you're bringing that to your house, your home, around your family, and basically there's a chance of them getting it. That's the dumbest thing Rob Manfred has done. And he's done a lot of terrible things. He's one of the worst commissioners in all sports. I don't support the decision. Um, I've always supported the shortened season. I think the baseball season's too long. It goes from uh, usually April to the uh, to October, the end of October, uh, with postseason depending on how long each playoff series goes, of course. Uh, but I always thought the baseball season should be cut in half. To me, if you're playing 60 games, and I know what baseball's trying to do, they're trying to salvage a little bit of money, even though they've lost a ton throughout this process. Because if you look at it, so if Major League Baseball is losing $73 million a day, they would, if they're the 60 games, they're able to recruit, recoup, excuse me, over $4 billion of money to get it back for these 60 games, which is all it's about. Being able to make money so that way your sports is, sports not bleeding as much as it was previous. That's why all these sports are doing it. You know, we've talked about in previous episodes, the NHL, if they weren't going to finish, they would lose about $200 million. The NBA would lose a couple billion dollars if they didn't finish. Uh, baseball, like I said, $73 million a day for every time they don't play. It's all about money. But you have to be smart. You have to be a good commissioner. You have to be somebody that goes out, makes sure your players are safe, doing whatever possible to make their family safe as well. But what Major League Baseball is doing is absolutely dumb. Letting players travel, you know, to different uh, cities, ballparks, being able to play, staying in hotel rooms, and then coming back home to their families, you know, if they have a home game. You know, you take a chance. All it takes is a couple positive tests and baseball shut down. Now, it's the same in other sports as well. Um, but I, I don't support what Major League Baseball is doing. I think it's dumb. I do support the DH in the National League. I think that's very smart. Uh, that's for another episode. We'll talk about that. But I also, at the end of the episode, I wanted to talk about a couple players that are able to finish, hopefully, their NBA career. Uh, for people that don't know, um, Jamal Crawford, who is 40, 40 years old, actually recently just signed with a team. For people that don't know, Jamal Crawford is a shooting guard. Uh Originally drafted by the Bulls. Um, man, it feels like ages ago when Jamal Crawford was was drafted. Jamal Crawford, yeah, he's 40 years old. Drafted 8th overall in 2000. So that's over 20. It'll be his 20th year in the league since he's been drafted. But Jamal Crawford, this will be hopefully his last season. He'll be able to go out with a finished season. Um, another player that's hopefully being able to finish his career, be able to restart it, is uh, recently signed Michael Beasley. Uh, for people that don't know, Michael Beasley actually played a couple seasons in the NBA, and then um, he had a little bit of attitude issues. So he actually uh, went overseas, played a couple years in China, um, came back. They're going to be playing for the Brooklyn Nets, so hopefully he'll be able to salvage his career. Michael Beasley was a big-time scorer in college for Kansas State, uh, was a top-two pick. In the NBA, um, he's always been a great scorer, but he's a terrible defender. Um, but teams that need instant offense, you'll be able to get that from Michael Beasley. 
I really hope Jamal Crawford's able to contribute for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, he's one of the guys who I respect to the points where I wish he would have got a ring. He did not, unfortunately. Hopefully he's allowed to finish his games, uh, be able to finish a great career, and then do something else after. Jamal Crawford's one of those players that has not aged. In several years, he still looks the same from when you look at his picture when the Bulls drafted him to now. looks almost like the same player. It's crazy. But that was to talk about that. But this is the Good Guy Grant podcast. Please follow us on Facebook at the Good Guy Grant page. Uh, you can like us on Twitter at Good Guy Grant on Twitter. Um, but everybody enjoy their weekend. And of course, be safe. And this was the Good Guy Grant Podcast.